What's up, everybody? Welcome to Mongols, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. I'm Mike. With me is Kev and Josh. The Hounds officially opened Highmark Stadium with a draw against Miami. We have all sorts of thoughts as the team prepares to head out to Tulsa tomorrow or today, depending on when you're listening to this. Let's go. Josh, I saw you this weekend. Kev, I did not see you. How was your weekend? It was great. Great weather, like 75 both days, sunny, got outside, got my first sunburn of the year. You know, good, good weekend. It wasn't like a like a lobster bake like it was that one time we went out, was it? No, that was really bad. When I was, was, when I was really a kid, bad. we were on a boat and I was being a brat. Everyone was telling me to put sunscreen on. And I said, and I pretty much said, no, no, no. And I like fell asleep in the sun and on a boat and it was just terrible. Um, uh, but yeah, so I, yeah, but no, it wasn't like that. I just got some sun on my arms. Not intentionally. I don't do this stuff intentionally. I was just dumb. You have red hair. So if you go outside, I assume you just burn. See, it's funny. People always say like, I'm a redhead. I don't view myself as a redhead. And I think the Beard sometimes contributes to it, but people that, yeah, I think more people classify me as a redhead than like a blonde person. How do you classify yourself? Blonde. I think of myself as blonde, but like I recognize it's like strawberry blonde, but yeah. Your hair was like bleach blonde when you were a kid. Yeah, that's it's... probably, that's probably be influencing like subconsciously. I just remember what I was. Yeah. Uh, I will tell you, uh, the rest of us were together this weekend at the game um had a blast your name came up quite a few times we were discussing uh the whole pick'em thing and how mongols can't like we can't really win the pick'em thing but we should still have some sort of competition just amongst us to see who gets the best score and the consensus seemed to be that uh if anybody takes the top spot except for you then you have to come up here for a game and actually be <laughs> here at Highmark. So either that or Lara Ellen was threatening a road trip where we all come down to you to go see a Knoxville game. So hey, I'm on board for that. <laughs> uh, he says, but then he realizes he's going to have to host us or something like that. He's like, oh, right. I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of I'm supposed to be hiking that day. Uh, <laughs> that we hey, can anytime enjoy. you guys want to come down to Knoxville, you know, you can you can share a room with uh, my cat Toffer. So. Sounds so appealing. Thank you. You're the best. <laughs> Oy, um, the game was fun. Um, if, if you want sort of an immediate reaction, well, two things. Go listen to the full 90 that we posted that Liz put together, but then also go listen to Houndsy's reaction from the parking lot. Um, I had to laugh because I, I had originally talked to Yost in the parking lot before the game, and I was hoping to stop by for that. But after the laser show was a dud, which we'll get to i was like we're we're just going home like it's gonna take us a while to get home <laughs> so i missed it but i enjoyed listening to it and they're the guests that were walking through the parking lot for the show were both steve and liz so they they got the mongols uh view on that one um but josh you guys were tailgating all afternoon we didn't get there till like five talk us through talk us through the afternoon how'd it go yeah, that that was it felt long afterwards. Like when we got home, just the whole day had felt so long. It was fun. Had a blast. Um, but yeah, so we, we got there at noon. There's a whole new setup with the parking lot with a VIP section. 
and uh, the Steel Army and the Hounds kind of work together, and we we have a, a whole new tailgating experience now for the Steel Army, where we actually have like four spots that are empty. That we had ten set up, we had cornhole set up, their beer pong got set up at some point. Um, I didn't bring that table. No one in the Steel Army like board brought it. It just it just got it was it appeared out there. Nice. Yeah, there are empty parking spots. Beer pong will appear. <laughs> <laughs> parking lot apparently uh but yeah so and like we had places for merch and the the grill and, and yeah it was just a great setup and even though it was a, a friday on a overcast day that threatened rain the whole day wasn't that warm we had a great turnout like yeah i was really worried that all that was kind of like stacking against the home opener aspect of it because usually home openers are pretty well attended so it's like Where's this going to land? And it landed closer to what I would expect for a home opener than what I would expect for a Friday game on a rainy, cold day. So, yeah, it was a blast. Uh, yeah, yeah, no complaints there at all. It was a lot of fun. Um, I, I almost wish we would have been able to show up a little bit earlier. My kids are now at the point where they're starting to enjoy the tailgate, you know, as much as you can without really drinking anything. Uh, we had to sort of spot check everything that was coming through because I, I warned them in advance. I was like, no, you cannot have jello or pudding. If anybody <laughs> offers you jello or pudding, you have to say no. But then even Maria had cupcakes that were made with Guinness, which in theory would have just been in the frosting. It's fine. Yeah, but you know, so so everything in the they had, I think I think at one point we walked over and there was like the cookie table, and my youngest was like, is there alcohol in the cookies? And I was like, no, you can have a cookie. You're good. You're good. Um, legit question. Legit question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but he also had a good time uh, uh, giving Dan a hard time. Uh, before before we uh, we went, he and I, I forget what we were doing, but I was listening to Houndsy and he was with me. I think we were just in a, on a car ride. And he was like, wait, who's this guy? Who's this, who's this guy on Houndsy? And I was like, oh, that's, that's Dan. He was like, oh, you got to show me that guy when, when we go to the game. And I was like, okay, cool. So then we got to the parking lot. I was like, that's that's him over there in the blue Hawaiian shirt. So he just ran over and was like, hey, are you on Houndsy? And you could see Dan was like, uh, yes, I am. <laughs> I've made it. And then Everson left. And then, and then later, Dan was on the bullhorn. And he was giving instructions about like, you know, in 10 minutes, we're going to do Thunderstruck. And if you don't know what that means... And you'll find out soon. So Ems walked over to him and goes, what does that mean? And it was just like, uh, just stick around and, and you'll get an education, kid. <laughs> but he totally was just like, yeah, he, he had a good time. He'd like, you know, I don't listen to our show because we have these conversations and it's great. So it's great to have another show like Houndsy to listen to. So I'm often doing dishes or driving or something. And I've pretty much given up on, uh, you know, censoring stuff that the kids listen to. Uh, like there was, <laughs> there, there was a moment in the game where all the fans were chanting that the keeper was a jag off. And my, and my youngest turned to me and goes, what is a jag off? And I was like, Ted Lasso, they call everybody a wanker. Like it's basically that. And he was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, so I was works. like, it's close enough. Um, yeah. So it's, we had it, we had a really good time. Um, a Yinzer wanker. Like yeah. That. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much what it is. Um, but no, everybody at the tailgate was great. Uh, it's always fun seeing people and then, yeah, hanging out. And, and there's no other place that you can sit when you go to Highmark. Like I think eventually they should just like, eliminate the rest of the stands and just like migrate everybody <laughs> to that end. Cause it's so much fun. And it's, 
total strangers high-fiving each other and just like having a blast. And um, that's one thing that we somewhat miss like living out here is, you know, yes, we have more space, but then you also don't have those kind of interactions. So yeah, that's a good time. Um, and you caught, you caught a goal on film. Yes, we did. I, I, we had our little GoPro and, uh, and we posted that. That was a lot of fun. We got, I gave the GoPro to Emerson. I was like, here, this is what I want you to shoot. So there's a lot of like random shots of like a little Mario figurine, like in and out of focus and like his brothers making faces at the camera. And so a lot of the stuff wasn't usable, but it was still, we, we got the goal, which was all I really cared about. Um, so it was fun. Yeah. But uh, I guess getting into the specifics of the game itself, uh, the Hounds drew 1-1 with Miami. Miami scoring, it felt like somewhat early. The Hounds saving it till late. Kev, I'm interested in your perspective. I did not go back and rewatch the game. So there's always that sort of skewed perspective of watching it from, you know, one goal side and having thoughts. Give me a takeaway. What were your thoughts watching it on TV? Uh, starting with the result, um, good enough. If you would have taken, if you would have given me five points uh, over the course of the first three games, would have taken it. Um, so that was good. The goal was great. Um, other than, I think we had moments where we looked okay. Uh, I think we started to have a little bit more fluidity in our play. Um, but Wait, start started when. Start. I mean, well, even just in this game in general, I'm saying when compared okay. to, against the first two games, I think. That, and but it was in segments. Um, I don't think we kind of completed the circle, you know, at a, a, a lot in, in this game. Um, it was more just kind of flashes and hints that okay, there's some progress being made. Other than I will, I mean, like large stretches of the game were just boring like to watch to watch especially for like from from a television standpoint it was a lot of uh yeah it was a lot of just ball in the air heading it down challenges i mean the the amount of stoppage in play i mean the ref was calling everything i I'll, i want to touch on how the ref impacted the game maybe in more detail later um but yeah i mean it all in all you know fine with the result i'm happy we didn't lose in the home opener you know we take the result i think there's a little bit of sign of progress not a huge amount but a little little sign of progress and you know we move forward to tulsa sorry i'm I'm smiling because i'm hearing an echo because apparently in the room next door the kids are have the show on so i hear (laughs) you on like delay like radio delay yeah um yeah there you go um, I, I should add that uh, basically same starting lineup as the, as the first two games. The only real change was that we had Garner starting in net. Jamali Waite is off with Jamaica. He uh, he got the start last night against Mexico and got a 2-2 draw. He posted a, a pretty sweet save. Um, it's I, I, I tweeted that uh, for me it was a bit of worlds colliding because um, Leon Bailey is the starting winger for Aston Villa. So I don't know another time that my EPL team will have a player that's playing on the same team as, you know, my home team. So that's really kind of sweet. But uh, kudos to him. I'm assuming he won't be back for the Tulsa match tomorrow. Um, Or even if he even if he's done, he's not going to make it back in time and be game ready. So, um, yeah, Josh, thoughts on the thoughts on the game? 
Yeah, it was uh, definitely not the most exciting game to have as your home opener game. Uh, getting, you know, being down within the first, like, 20, whatever it was, the 23rd minute, I think I saw the goal was. So, yeah, like, pretty early goal, and then kind of nothing in the middle as far as fantastic play or feeling like we had the front foot. And it, it kind of, like, at least for myself, since it was, like, you know, the first game being back at Highmark and seeing all the changes in Highmark, because there are a lot of different things going on at, in the stadium itself. Um, it it was a little bit like it was easy to lose track of the game, uh, just trying to, like, get my bearings back and, like, figuring out the stadium again and then all that kind of stuff and seeing everyone and then – you know, by the end, near the getting close to the end, I'm just like, I can't believe we haven't scored and like nothing. And then that uh, laser of a kick from failing uh, going in, which just that helped a lot. Was it was <laughs> it the Steel Army that put out the uh, laser American Gladiators thing? Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, that's gonna be his name from now on. Just so yeah. you know, like it's <laughs> it's pretty much stuck with whole Steel Army. It's it's his name is now Laser. Uh, there's been multiple photoshops of him in the. And the American Gladiators, uh, leotard. Yeah, the the confidence on your face at the end of the game. I found you when we were heading out, and you like you were just completely unfazed. You're like, yeah, who's favorite player from the preseason? Yeah, that's right, that was my guy. Yeah, that was me. So yeah, yeah. just saying. Yeah, he's going to start next game. Probably my guy. Just saying. (laughs) Not just because you know the turnaround's really super fast, and we need fresh legs. (laughs) Although he came in, I guess he came in. Uh, what was it? Did he come in the first round of subs? I think so. Yeah, yeah. the 67th minute he came in. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I had just a couple of thoughts, and then, Kev, I'll let you get back to sort of the ref thing. I thought that um, Failing's goal, you know, I, I think as we were leaving the stadium, Justin mentioned he was like, you know, third game of the season, best goal of the season, like maybe like the way that he sort of took that volley with his left foot, it almost looked like off his shin yeah. and that ball like swerved it. That was insane. Um, so that was amazing. And I think especially all the different camera angles, like when you can see right behind him, it's like you're playing FIFA. Like yeah, you're just like, watching him. Here comes the ball. It, it was, it was fantastic. Yeah. Um, I thought that was good. I thought Robbie Mertz's corners were solid. Kev, I'm interested in your thoughts, if, if how you feel seeing it on TV. I think com- in, in comparison to what our corners were last year, I feel like it's a step in the right direction. Like every ball seemed to be right around that, like between the six and 18, where the keepers guessing whether or not they're going to come for it. It was just like dangerous spots. We didn't do anything with it. I mean, the, the, the goal came from, you know, sort of a header out of a corner, but it felt like most of the corners had a shot. Whereas last year we were like keeping them on the ground and kicking them out of bounds. And it just, it wasn't great. Um, yeah, I'd agree. I know his, his corners look good. My only thing is like that. I, I want, you know, you, you want and need that to be like, you want like for that to be the cherry on top of the Sunday, right? Like right. you don't want to rely on being the best team in the East because we score off of corners, right? Like, no, like you're going to become the best team in the East, not by being the best. You know, it could help and that, that could be great, but we just need to do a lot of other things better. Yeah. You're going to be the best team in the East because you're uh, putting your center back up as a center forward, right? <laughs> so, I mean, if we're getting into this now, I do we it. Can talk. Okay. Do it. I, I, so I'll, I'll, I want to give Lily credit 
because in that moment you do whatever's going to get you the result and i love i love the he's like screw it we're we're just like we're gonna launch balls into the box and just fight for stuff and and the you know i think it worked i mean like as soon as as uh pharaoh came on and and played up top i mean what i saw that xg chart get passed around i mean not that everything relies on xg but it we did uh, to me the momentum swung in the match where yes in in a in a game that was pretty bland not a ton of scoring opportunities for either team uh miami having a foothold in the game there was that 20 minute period in the in the second half where all of a sudden we're on the front foot we get momentum crowd gets behind them and and it worked so i there's nothing wrong with it i you know keep doing it as far as i i'm whatever works i'm i'm happy with it can i ask a question about that so looking at the subs watching it live and not having the greatest you know angle and all that kind of stuff what position was Farrell playing when he came in because he seemed like it was a forward position like mid forward like i I thought that was a, a defender. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, I think that's the point. Like Lily just wanted someone tall up there for like crosses and, and, you know, long balls. And that was it. And so I think it's weird. Like I, I was kind of, you know, I, I was looking at like the official lineup or whatever and, and all the players. There are some players that I can't, I don't really fit into a position I, I there are some players i do like okay we have a back four you know i thought ibarra anchored the midfield and then you had etu and forbes kind of ahead of them and then you had dequa and then you and then in my mind kiza and merch just kind of float and pick up space and do what they need to do i think in the same sense like that's that's what happened with Farrell was he was lily was like just get up there <laughs> like whether you, you take a position on the left flank right flank in the middle i don't know i don't care you just need to find space and kind of do it three games in you know i think that's just our offensive strategy just get up there like at least i think that's why there were moments in the game where it was like what is going on because all we were doing we couldn't build anything through the middle even like susan who you know my wife sorry um doesn't watch a ton of soccer but there were even moments where she was like it just seems like miami like wants it more like they're just out hustling us to the ball and we're just like standing around and i was like ah good eye um but it, it there were times that our strategy just seemed to be long ball over the top and hope that kizza or dequa can get to it and miami was just shutting that down so i think adding in joe farrell to the mix first of all miami was like wait what like you're putting a a center back of it forward but then joe farrell is like i'm getting my head on every single one of these balls and i will run through you to make it happen and that sort of tenacity i think a that got the crowd behind it and b you know uh laura ellen sort of made the the point to me that you can't fault lily he literally subbed on all of our forwards so you had joe farrell winning headers and all of our forwards were making runs and making attacks and that was interesting to see you know to say the least do i think that we can build our entire you know offensive strategy for the season off of that no but it was it was something so no for a one-off moment in a game that called for it it was the right decision i it's uh, yeah i completely like i don't want it he almost scored like there 
Well, and to Steve, like, and to, I see Steve's comment, uh, like, yeah, he, he he makes good connection with the ball, right? I mean, like, he, it's like a Shane Wheat back there. Like, he, just, <laughs> he 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 actually can can strike a ball pretty cleanly, and I was surprised by that. I mean, so yeah, I, I was I was impressed. Yeah. And like, the, these subs were great subs, and and we're talking about you know, uh, failing and Farrell and like. These are great subs. I'm wondering why aren't we seeing them sooner? Why aren't they starting? Is it a situation where they're not as fit or you know they can't go the full 90? Uh so Bob hasn't been starting them, but it does I keep on feeling like our some of our better players are the ones that are waiting to be put on and not already in the starting lineup. Um but am I wrong? Like failing for uh Dos Santos. I, I would rather have failing out there. The Dos Santos. I, I wouldn't mind seeing failing in place of Dos Santos. I, I, my hunch is that Dos Santos does. Well, I don't know. I guess someone correct me if I'm wrong, but throughout Dos Santos's career here, he is a fullback. Like that's the position he plays failing. I'm not sure. Like, I think what the first time failing got yeah. in minutes and he was I, guess, I think it was in Birmingham. Um, yeah. He was a four. He's like a left front forward or yeah. like a midfield, and that's where I kind of think of him as. Maybe it's like confirmation, or not confirmation bias, but like that was the first thing I saw of him, so that's what I think in my head of him. But I don't know if he's a fullback. So I was, but yes, I mean, like against Tulsa, if he takes Dos Santos's place in the starting eleven, I, yeah, let it roll. I, I think failing has been really impressive so far this entire season. Not only just because he scored, but uh, yeah, he's been he's been great. I, It'll, it will be interesting to see how the rest of the season plays out because I do think that there is some merit to being able to change the game off the bench, which is something that we haven't necessarily been able to do in the past. It's always just been like, okay, here's a like-for-like like replacement that is going to come in and you know maybe have fresh legs and try to make something happen. Whereas, you know, a player like Tula is very different from Akiza, or like, as, as we just said, failing is very different from Dos Santos. They played Langston in place of um, Rovi. Like he was basically playing as an outside winger and just getting way up the field right underneath Mertz. And so like... That could have been situational. I, I, I'd be yeah, curious yeah. to see if, if yeah. Like, no, yeah. I agree. But when when once we had all of our forwards on, yeah. it felt almost like a U-shaped, and he was like at the bottom of the point with with uh with um with Burke. So yeah, it, it will be interesting to sort of see how this is uh how this plays out. It also felt like by the end, when we had Farrell up top and we started playing long balls more, it did seem like we outnumbered them in the midfield. Or we we so like in those moments, you need to be good at picking up second balls. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought we were quite good at picking mm-hmm. up second balls. I thought, you know, Mertz, Etu, uh, Ibarra. I, I, I thought Ibarra stepped up this game. I've, I've been questioning Ibarra's influence in the starting 11 over the first couple of games and even last season a little bit. I think this deeper role suits him. I don't like, you know. He, he wasn't playing like right attacking mid. He was playing a more central defensive mid. And I think that's where he belongs. He's a, he's a, it looks like he's put on some muscle. I think some, one of you made that comment earlier in this season. And yeah, he looks like that could be his, his, his spot. Yeah. He was one that I, I 
kept an eye on during the game. And I thought he had a much better showing this game than yeah. the first two. So then again, that could, like you said, that could be positionally just like he feels more comfortable there, which is great. Um, Kev, do you want to talk about the ref here before we move on? We got a lot to get through. Yes. This episode, Although so I do want to, the ref. I want to talk about the ref, but I also want to, I mean, like it feels like we haven't given, I mean, we've talked about it a little bit, but I feel like we like failings goal is still like amazing and deserves a little it's, bit more it's conversation. Up for, it's up for goal of the week. So yeah. head over to all of the socials and vote for it for USL to, to get it goal of the week. Yeah. I mean, we it's, barely it's, rarely get to see a goal that has like no arc. Like it literally just was like a straight from laser. his, yeah. well, his boot or his, his shin, shin yeah. uh, straight into the goal. And it was just like, dang. <laughs> I think that's, I think that's, my like version of the most satisfying goal like out of anything i know like we people have like oh like i like my like the most satisfying goal is like when it goes off the crossbar and it or if it does this or if it does that if it, just like you said where there's no arc and it's just hit with such power and it just oh my gosh and the and the net ripples yeah that's that's kind of my favorite he did it off the volley and then I love the reaction. Like there was no celebration. It was just running straight back. He's waving everybody on. But then there's a moment when he turns around and starts jogging backwards and you can see he loosens up and he's like, ah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, okay, I think cool. all the players were running towards him. There's like, he, yeah. he knew there was like no choice. They're going to celebrate that goal a little bit yeah. with him. So he's like, all right, come bring it in. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah it was great. Uh, but anyway, so, but the ref, so the, I mean, for large portions of the game, I thought uh, the ref was calling everything and was just being duped by Miami. Mm -hmm. um, we felt that way too. Yeah. <laughs> I will say though, so I, I hit a point in the game where then I don't know why or what happened, but I started getting up, getting upset with us. It's like, okay, guys, like, look, he's he's mm -hmm. called it this way for 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. At some point, you can't keep yelling at him. Like, mm -hmm. you need to wake up and understand that this is how the game's going to be played. So not only that means you need to change how you're going into your challenges, but also how Miami's coming into your, like, challenge you. Mm -hmm. And I, I felt like we started to catch on to that a little bit towards the end of the game. So to, to kind of criticize the ref, I thought it was kind of a ridiculous way to call the game but to praise him he was relatively consistent with like calling it like that for the entire game consistently bad but yeah <laughs> sure but at least but you can if you're a player in the middle of a game you can you can work with consistency what you can't work with is inconsistent kind of perceived one-sided calls so on on some level i you know i think we have a history of not being not having that kind of like meta awareness of the game that's being played around them and kind of catching on to it. Um, I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't think that like leads to anything greater to say about this team, but um, I mean, for a team that likes to slide in and <laughs> go to ground often, I, I think this was always going to be a, a tough ref to kind of go up against when they're calling it like that. But, 
There were there were little things that definitely got under my skin. I, I don't know if you could hear it on the feed, but basically every single time their keeper would touch the ball, we'd start counting because he was consistently 12, 13, 14 seconds before he was releasing it, just trying to kill the game. And the ref did nothing about it. And it's that kind of, you know, what? I think shithousery that like, yeah. it's what? I think, I don't, I don't know. I, I think I would be shocked. For a ref to enforce a 10 second thing. I, listen, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's because, you know, Aston Villa's starting keeper is Emmy Martinez, who is known for that kind of thing and has picked up multiple yellows over the course of the past few games for time wasting that I'm just sort of used to that kind of thing. But, you know, again, like we had the conversation on the way home my, and Susan was like, I'm just really happy that their goalie got scored on. Like, cause she was just, <laughs> she was so irritated by it. And I said, look, it's not the keeper's fault. The ref didn't do anything to stop it. So he's going to keep taking as much time as he can. Said like an Aston Villa fan. Yeah. Exactly. I'm just saying, I'm, that's, <laughs> that's, 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 and that's what happened. And so like, until the ref does something about it, you're going to keep playing those dark arts and try to keep it as long as you can. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think, yeah. And we, I mean, even just on the larger Miami team in general, Riley was watching the game too. And she was like, yeah, it just seems like all the Miami players would be like the high school jock bullies that everyone hates. Like, and I was just like yeah, like it's, they kind of have that feeling about them. Um, I, I think Fez, I, I actually had to go back and look it up because uh, it was in our uh, game day chat uh, on Discord. <laughs> he said, Anthony Pulis has got Miami playing how his dad used to make Stoke City <laughs> play, get touched and fall over. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, Nailed it. Yep, yep, that's it. That's about right. Yeah. <laughs> it will be interesting to see if Miami has an identity other than that this year. Because in the past, I think we've sort of thought of them as like speedy, you, you know, they had, they literally had, didn't they have speedy Williams for a while? They had Christiana Francois. Like they had, they could beat you on a counter. And this team just didn't seem like that team. Now, their goal was a total comedy of errors on oh, our part. That was, yeah, we didn't talk about that enough. Like Hogan, failing to close it down then it kind of getting popped out and then i think rovi's the other one who like completely does not clear it dos santos it. yeah dos santos went down rovi went down oh. garner went down like it was just well like, I, yeah I, and, and i think gardner should probably be catching that first shot i mean it's that shouldn't be a rebound you, you should I mean, be able to even you don't catch it though it's like as a keeper i would think like you save that shot it is now your defender's job to clear it. And they're right there next to you. It's not like they were like left in no man's land. Sure. Like they were right there. So like if, if you save it and you can't, you know, hold it, at least, you know, the defenders have your back and they're going to be able to clear it out. And instead of clearing it out, they just whiffed. And yeah. then it's like, Oh, okay. Now it goes in. Cool. Yeah. And which, and it is, it is interesting. Cause like, I don't know. I've been, I've been very, like I don't know, I don't know what the word is, but like optimistic and happy with the way our defense has been looking, oh, and yeah. we still haven't had a clean sheet. So mm. you know, that's that's telling. I think uh, I probably need to wake up a little bit and start realizing what's actually happening here. Interesting point. Um, but you know, as you said, three games we still haven't lost yet, so that's a positive. You know, if you would have asked me for that heading into the season, I would have taken that nine times out of ten. So I can't complain there. Um, think we're gonna lose a game this season, Mike? Yes, I think. Well, we're gonna talk about Tulsa, and uh, Ooh. you'll get my prediction right there. Yeah, um, but 
The return of Highmark also means the return of halftime questions with Liz. And so we've got four fan questions that, uh, that we're going to field right now. So let's do this. This is halftime hardships. That's what we're calling it. We got some questions for the Mongols. Sam, what is your question? Okay, my question is, out of all of the new uh, Riverhounds acquisitions uh, new to this year, who do you think will have the biggest impact for the rest of this season? Yeah, kids, start answering these hard questions instead of the fluff. And Kevin, no, it depends. Thank you, Sam. Thank you. No, it depends, Kev. It's almost like Liz knows you. I don't know. Um, (laughs) I mean, it's laser, right? It's laser. Is your your votes laser? You think yeah. laser is the 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 new signing that's going to have the biggest impact? Totally. Okay. Josh says laser. I my safe pick, I was going to say is Pat Hogan, just from the like first few games. I feel like he's him and Ordonez are like you just pencil them in every game for the foreseeable future. I think it, you know Joe Farrell's magic. I was going to say I think Farrell might disrupt that in the long term but yeah maybe i i think joe farrell's magic up top gives him a little bit more versatility but i like what i've seen from hogan but i feel like that's like the safe pick is that is that who's gonna have the biggest impact out of everyone i still kind of like what i see from tola like i feel like he got himself in another position and just yeah you're shaking your head he hasn't scored yet but i think by the end of the season uh he might be the one that's throwing his body around the way that Farrell was. So I'm gonna say Hogan is my official. But Kev, who's your uh who's your pick? Hogan was also my safe, like conservative one. Um, but to that, you know, to to go a different way than you are, I mean, I think Etu over the course of a full no, season. I knew is, you say that. <laughs> I mean, look, he's already <laughs> I can't. I'm. I, I was gonna be too. Um, the language I was gonna use was, would be too rough. But no, I. I think Etu is. Yes, he. He's. He's. He's completely uh, filled in a hole um, in our midfield from last season without, without too much sweat, in my opinion. Thank you, Sam, for the question. Let's move on to the next one. All right, we are going to have Troy ask the Mongols his big question. What's your big question for the year? My big question for the year is how many assists will Canardo Forbes have this season? No over and under. Just give me a number. I I love how Liz like sets the terms. This is what it is. Just give it to me. (laughs) Done. Okay, so the question, how many assists will Kenny have this season? Kenny, which we didn't talk about, the TIFO, was a, a giant painting of Kenny with a crown on his head that apparently now Kenny took home with him. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. After the game, we like nice. walked up with the, uh, with the Tifo, uh, Ariana did. And like, can, can I have that? And like, we we're totally going to give it to him anyway. <laughs> like, what are we going to do with it? So yeah. <laughs> it's like, here you go. I don't know what he's going to do with it. Honestly. Like, what do you do with a giant, like <laughs> about the size of, I think like five Kings bed or three King size bed sheets or something like that. I forget how big it is, but it's like huge. Like what do you do with that? Like you can't hang that on a wall. What if he like turns into into like a duvet cover, and that's just what's on his bed now? <laughs> it's just his face. It's gonna I need mean, some work. I mean, that's just literally paint on some fabric, so yeah. <laughs> it's gonna flake. That's awesome. <laughs> um. So guys, just to just to give it a little bit of context. So last season, Kenny had ten assists over thirty four games. The year before that, he had seven assists 
over 31 games. And then in the pandemic season, he had eight assists over 12 games. So when you look at the averages per game, he had his best season in the past few years during 2020, basically averaging a little bit more than half an assist per game. Two seasons ago, it was 0.2 assists per game. Last year, it was 0.3 assists per game. We have the exact same number of games this season as we had last season. So last season, he had 10 assists. Based on what you've seen so far this year, Liz says we can't do over under, but setting sort of last year was 10. Kev, what do you, where do you think he lands? My gut is that he lands less than 10 based on sort of where he's playing. I don't see him spending as much time on the field this year as he did last year. I think well, that we have other. Finish your production, prediction if you're out of time. I will say that he will get. Seven assists this year. I think he reverts back to 2021. What do you think, Kev? Me, I I was at six. Um, I think Mertz, I mean, no, one, Mertz is taking more, if not all, the corners. And I think Mm -hmm. historically, Kenny took a lot more corners. We'll see if that trend changes. We'll see what it, what it's like on free kicks as well. I don't. I mean, I don't know how much Kenny's going to be on free kicks over like other than Mertz. Um, and I, I mean, I just I don't I, I don't know how his minutes will continue to be managed. I mean, what he gets subbed at least in this game and either a, one of the first two, if not both. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see how many games he has like a full ninety in him. But uh, yeah, I'll say six. So I said seven. You said six. Josh, what do you got? I was I was going to say five because I I think his role has changed a lot this season. I don't think with him not taking corners, with him not being kind of like the the through ball in the middle, um, always being the one passing it up. Like yeah, I just think his role has changed. Um, I think he will have opportunities for goal as well, though. So I mean, that might be a difference uh, there. But yeah, I just don't see him being the the main assist leader. In the chat, Laura Ellen says 12. Steve says eight. So they are both higher on Kenny in terms of assists than the three of us. So it'll be interesting to sort of get their thoughts in more detail as the season progresses. So thank you, Troy, for that question. Let's go to Sean. All right, I have got Sean with me. Um, He is a minor celebrity here because he is the president of the official Man United, got so many letters, uh, supporters club here in Pittsburgh. What is your question about the Riverhounds though? So my question is like, we're so good in defense I feel right now. Um, I think up front is pretty decent. Um, I also think like we're real lacking in midfield. I think we need to slow down a little bit in midfield, uh, take control of the midfield uh, and move forward from that. So what do you think we should do in the midfield, guys? Tell us that. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you. I personally think that we're still a player too short in the midfield to make a difference. I, I was saying this before, you know, even we went into this game. I think this game was a bit of a mess just because um, there were just, it seemed like we resorted to long balls over the top. And so there wasn't a lot of midfield play. But if we want to be a team that really sort of locks down that midfield, it just feels like we're trying to transition too quickly from defense through the midfield up top that there just isn't time for us to do anything in the midfield. So we're either resorting to balls over the top or we're just trying to take it out wide and we're not controlling that central part of the field. Um, 
maybe that's strategic. Maybe that's the way we want to play. And so maybe there is nothing to fix. I don't know. Josh, what are your thoughts on the midfield? Okay, so I I kind of disagree about us being a player short, but I do think what we're doing isn't the final game plan. Mm-hmm. I don't think this is what we're like supposed to be seeing. I think once some more work is done, some better passing is, you know, imp- as passing improving, uh players getting to know each other better, uh I do think our midfield will be fine. I'm less worried about that midfield than I am about kind of like other teams having an answer for our attack uh, just in general, but like not so much the midfield, but just as essentially the forwards Um, because it feels kind of easy to shut us down right now. But I think it will get better with more familiarity between the players. Kev, what do you think? Um. I like well, I like how Liz like turned a comment into a question. That was nice. I was like, the question's coming up here. Where is it? And then Liz was like, well, let's just talk about it. <laughs> um, no, I, I I think it's a it's a fair point. I get the kind of the perception of it doesn't feel like we have the midfielders who can put their foot on the ball, look up, and kind of dictate the game and slow the game down. I don't know how much you can. I just I think that's it's that's rare in this league, to, mm-hmm. and especially to have a complete midfield who mm-hmm. all have the technical ability to quickly control the ball, to and then have the the kind of emotional intelligence to kind of calm the game down emotionally and see you know the passing lanes and see in. You know, and I, it, it, early enough still where I still think, like Josh said, like these players are still learning each other's kind of movement patterns and, and learning Lily's movement patterns. Um, I know all of this seems kind of odd because we have Kenny there who on paper is the person to slow the game down, you know, put his foot on the ball and seal the passes. Um, so, yes, I, I, I we don't have that midfield. I agree. Um, I don't know how to fix it other than getting like, I think you fix that by, you have to find a midfielder that essentially becomes the best player on your team. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's the level of player you would need to, to be able to kind of control the midfield in that way. Um, like a, like a, like a Danny Griffin type, right? Is that what you're, is that what you're getting? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, Michael. That's not what I'm <laughs> <laughs> Look on that level. I I think Etu is doing everything Danny Griffin has done. Um, mm, it's three I games. Disagree. I I think and I think a big thing that Danny has done was he played a lot of minutes and was yeah. an engine. And so if Etu can be not injury prone and have the engine that Danny Griffin does, then that's matching Danny Griffin's highest quality, and that's yet to be determined. Um, but that being said, I think Atu breaks up play well. I think he transitions play pretty quickly as well. Um, I think he has the experience to to kind of be a contributing factor to that more controlling midfield. He's not going to be the the playmaker in the midfield, but I think he'll be your disruptor in the midfield. And I think, you know, I'm I'm happy with with that too. I also think, and and we this was sort of back to a previous question. I do wonder how much not having Danny Griffin will ultimately impact 
Kenny Forbes's output because there were times that you talk about the player who could put his foot on the ball and slow the game down. Part of that was because he knew he had the cover of Danny behind him. There were times that he would drop back and cover a little bit as well. But is Marky Barra that player that can step into the Danny Griffin role and give Kenny that assurance that he can go forward? and he feels comfortable doing that in a way that he will be providing assists, I don't know. And he also had three center backs behind him. You know, right. and, and this right. year it's two. It's two. So, yeah. yeah, so the whole formation and who's in there could also have a pretty substantial impact on Kenny's output. So, And I think that two center back thing could actually have a larger role in how the midfield plays yes. in this season, right? Yeah, if you do have an extra player in the midfield, what does that mean for, for how we you know, want to attack and control the game? Thank you, Sean, for the question. We have one last question for us, and then we'll move on here. Well, Chaos Kittens, nobody took my question, so I want to know, why were we so good for the first 15 minutes and the last five minutes, and then somewhere in the middle, we seemed to kind of lose it all and play like five-year-olds, and it was Bumblebee Soccer. Why'd that happen? Please explain it to me. Bye. Chaos kittens. Is that what she calls you at home, Josh? Are you a chaos kitten? <laughs> no, mostly just grumpy, <laughs> curmudgeon. That, that might be more. <laughs> so we we touched on this a little bit, you know, sort of the the shift in in demeanor of how the team was playing. I think the first fifteen minutes, it was the first home game. the The stadium was rocking. I think you sort of ride that wave a little bit, and then Miami got their goal, and it was very easy to get down. I think the reason why we picked it up at the end was largely chalked up to Joe Farrell and just knocking bodies around. And hopefully that sort of sends a message to people. I did think it was funny that at the end of the game, after all of the other players had dispersed, Lily was still there talking to Farrell. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like he was literally the guy out there just rocking things like give the guy a break. Um, but maybe that sends a message to the rest of the team where it's like, look, when you go back and watch game tape, there was nothing until Joe decided to show up and start wrecking shop. So like, that's what we need from people. If, if that's how we're going to play, is there something else that, that doesn't sort of fall into that, that you guys think describes why we sort of came out hot the first 15 and we look good the last, you know, 15, 20, but in the middle, it was just like, bleh. I don't know. I think I think the game got broken up a lot. And I think Miami, you know, probably came into the game thinking, OK, home opener, we're away. We we try to make this a boring game as quickly as possible. Um, they get their goal, which helps that immensely. And then it becomes a bunch of, you know, balls in the air you head it down there's a battle for second balls and then there's a soft foul and that stoppage play and then there's a throw and then then there's this and it just it felt like a lot of the momentum just kind of got sucked out of the game pretty quickly and stayed that way um and then we didn't we had to it, it it felt like you know lily's answer was okay there needs to be a dramatic change into the flow of this game and that's going to be feral up top um so yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's also if you're Dos Santos or Rivera and we're in possession and you go to, I don't know, make an overlapping run along the flank or you go to try to support um, the attack and you, you 
start pressing up higher. Going back to the previous question, when we're not controlling the ball for large portions of, of the game, then that's wasted energy by Dos Santos and Rivera. And after 20 minutes, they're saying, I'm not running up there. And because we're just going to give the ball away. And so, and then, but then that has this whole knock on effect about how the midfielders play through the ball. So, yeah, I mean, there's, I think there's things like that just kind of happen and the game gets stale in that way pretty quickly. Um, you know, an, an answer could be trying to, yeah, trying to slow the game down a little bit more and, and move the ball in intelligent ways. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Josh, anything to add to that? Not really, just yeah, stopping the momentum. Uh, Miami having a game plan that worked against us to just kind of disrupt play and make it as stop and go as possible. Apologies, both uh, Liz and Laura Ellen in the chat said that the chaos kittens question was very personal. So, you know, if you felt that way, I I do apologize. I figure after six years, like, whatever, there's no secrets between us. one thing just to note, uh, you know, this is just a reminder that at home games, make sure that you go find Liz either at halftime or at the end of the game to be part of the full 90. Uh, I'm assuming she still has a stack of stickers that she's giving out to people that say official Mongols contributor. So thank you to everybody that submitted questions, including you, Liz. Uh, we always appreciate them. Um, and she, as, as Liz just put in chat, oh, I have secrets. I'm sure you do. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me at all. Um so yeah, big thanks to everybody that contributed. Uh, our next home game isn't for like another month, and then there's like another month between that one and the next one. So yeah, we're we're gonna be on the road for a while. But um, yeah, all good stuff, guys. Anything else on this game before we move on to a few other things? I don't think so. Yep. No, I tried the uh, the Olympico drink. Oh, yeah. It was a little, it was a little sweet. It wasn't really my thing. But word on the street is uh, it was a small batch. Uh, mm-hmm. And they're doing a larger batch now, and uh, they've gotten the feedback that it's a little bit too sweet, so it should be dialed back nice. with the uh, the next batch. So, what's the Kevin, broader context here? It's uh, so there's a there's a drink that is it Quantum Spirits? Yeah, like Quantum. so locally they made it, and it's called the Olympico. Uh, it's basically a rum and coke with lime um, in a can. So I figured I'll give it a shot, and it was okay. Yeah, it was yeah. awesome. They came to tailgate. They gave out a whole bunch of uh, free cans of it. Um, they're also the official uh, corner kick yes. uh, sponsor this year for the Riverhounds. So the fact that they made a drink called Olympico and yeah. they're, you know, sponsoring the corner kicks is pretty, pretty good marketing there. Pretty good they're, idea. They're all in. Yeah. You got to, yeah. you got to appreciate that. So, yeah. No, overall, listen, I mean, go listen to Houndsy to hear about the the mess that was the laser show. We're not going to spend any time on that. Um, or I should say the lack of a laser show. Uh, post game, but, um, no, I, you know, for a home opener, I think Josh, you, or was it, you No, somebody used the phrase fantastic. Like, yeah, it might've been Liz. Like, yeah, it was for a home opener. It was pretty much all you could ask for other than, you know, a better ref and a win, but like <laughs> the, the entertainment at the end, the, the, everything else that went into the game, the atmosphere, the fans that showed up, the tailgate, the, you know, the food concessions, like everybody there, it was, it was a really, really good time. So yeah. Uh, the, yeah. Shout out to Jeffrey. Like the, I, I love the, the new like places where you could get uh, beverages throughout the stadium. There was even, uh, which I, I'm, I'm blowing the cover right now, but there's a secret bar uh, near the kids section. Uh, there's, which a, is, 
Josh, you came over and you were like, hey, there's there's a secret bar next to the bounce house. I was like, what? <laughs> like, that's a very convenient spot for it. But okay. I'm just saying that's over way away from most of the grandstand and everything like that. No one's going to think to go over there. You have to like go through our section to get to it. So it's definitely a, a primo spot if you need a beer real fast because there's no line there. Um, there's also like a gift shop over there, too. Like they have like hats for sale over there and stuff like that. So like there's legit stuff over there to, to buy and everything like that. that and then and just to just to clarify, that's like the river side of the Paul Child stand. Like yes. you're basically between the Paul Child stand and the river. So it is like yeah. tucked back there. You got to go looking for it. Yeah. And then there's the, the Auntie Anne's mm-hmm. uh, pretzels right behind our section now. And I didn't realize they made them fresh there. Like mm-hmm. I went there right before the halftime and I saw that they ran out of regular pretzels. They only had the cinnamon ones. I'm like, Oh man. But then I like, I look behind at the back of the, of the, you know, concession and I see them making new pretzels. I'm like, Whoa. <laughs> like I thought, I thought just like most concessions and stadiums, it's just like they truck them in and like frozen or something like that. Or like, you know, either that are fresh that day, but they're still right. like not making them there. And then there's under heat lamps, but no legit making fresh pretzels, pretzels right behind our section. So yeah, that nice. was awesome. Yeah. Lots of really good food options. Um, it was, it, yeah. I mean, it, like I said, other than not getting a win, I, nobody went home unhappy. I feel so yeah good time guys one thing i did want to touch on here because we we all sort of well i shouldn't say we all you guys kind of poo-pooed it i forget what the question even was on the last show there was something we were talking about and i was like you know what we got some we got some merch we got some something we'll give something away so the only person who actually responded to it was (laughs) matt polanski so just to nail the point home i have something to share with you I assembled my spinner, which like the text is backwards on here, but we have, I, I looked through my closet today. We still have a, we have two Mongol Mongols jerseys. We still have some Mongol socks and we have an old school Mongols hat and a new, we have a whole bunch of new ones like this. So I'm going to give Matt something just because I feel like giving Matt something because he responded. So next time when we put something out there, if people have questions, I'm going to give them something. So I got my spinner. We're going to spin it. It's going to make a lot of really nice clicky sounds. Here we go. Nice. It landed. That says socks. socks. So Matt Polanski. Uh, That sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Matt Polanski, I will be in touch. If you would like, I think you might already have a few pair of socks. If you would like another pair of socks, I am happy to send you a pair of socks to get them out of my closet. But yeah, next time we do something where we're like, hey, send us, you know, your thoughts. Send us your thoughts. We'll spin the wheel. You'll get something. It makes a very, uh, very pleasing, like, wheel of fortune clicking sound. Like It, I, it works pretty well. I'm yeah, I totally did great. this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You laid on socks again. So, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I thought maybe you get better spun, spin that time. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of socks on there because we have a lot of socks. Um but yeah, so Polanski, I'll send you some socks. I'll, I'll be in touch. Nice. Um, guys, uh, I guess just got to touch on pick them quickly. Uh, nobody picked a draw. So uh, we're basically where we're at as of the last game. Dan Yost and uh, Keaton Liebengoods both leading with three points along with JF. And then Kev, you, Laura Ellen, and Justin also sitting on three points. Um, yeah. But again, pick them. 
uh get your picks in actually the picks for the tulsa game went up this morning the post went up this morning so get out there add your picks again you don't have to be a supporter to play uh but um if you are a supporter at the end of the season whoever has the most points gets two free season tickets to the steel army section but for 2024 so make it happen go play become a supporter we always post the stuff uh, it's a lot of fun. All the posts are over on YouTube because that is the easiest way for us to do it. But we do link to our YouTube community channel from Twitter. So you can click the link in Twitter, head over there, add your prediction, play the game, win the tickets. You can catch up pretty quickly. You get one, there, right, I, correct, you get one right answer and you're tied. You, you pick the score correctly against Tulsa and you're already tied for the leaders uh, with three points. So assuming yeah. no one else does. Assuming no one else gets it right. So. That said, guys, the, the Hounds head to Tulsa tomorrow, which are, or we'll just say Tuesday. So you, you, you likely could be listening to the show today. So Tulsa, just to sort of give you the lay of the land of what to expect from them, they played on Saturday at home. So we played Friday, they played Saturday. So they have one less day of rest than we do, but they beat Loudon three to nothing. So we, you know, we, we were sort of singing Loudon's praises after the first few weeks. They sort of put them to shame, three nothing, sort of a convincing three nothing. Tulsa do play on a baseball field where the infield is in play, so you will see Ugh. the brown field. That said, that brown is turf. Whether or not they just loosely lay turf over the dirt or not, it's at least a consistent looking playing surface, other than color. So hopefully, you don't have anything like in previous seasons where we would go to Louisville and you would see the guys literally like walk on the dirt because they didn't want to break their ankles. Hopefully that's not the case that we see here. Um, Tulsa are currently one, one and one. So they, they do have a loss. Um, we do not have a loss, uh, but they have won their only game at home. So this last, this game on Saturday, they won three, nothing. So they're perfect at home. Comparing the teams, they've played Miami and they've played Birmingham. So we at least have some sense of comparison there. They drew 1-1 with Miami, which we just did, and they lost 3-2 to to Birmingham. But that was the, like, Tyler Pasher comes alive game. Uh, and so, like, who knows how much you can put stock in that. Um, yeah. After this game, the Hounds are going to be off until next weekend. So literally, what, like 10 days? uh they'll they'll get a break to sort of reassess and figure out how things um where things stand that is what we know about tulsa we're we're still not looking at the standings yet because we've sworn that off until 10 games in this will be game four shockingly like we're almost halfway there but um prediction time gentlemen after what we saw on friday against miami knowing that Tulsa played Miami in Miami and drew one, one. And then also knowing that Tulsa just played on Saturday, not Friday. So they have one less day of rest, but they beat Loudon three, nothing. What are your thoughts, Josh? I'm going to start with you. Cause you look like you're thinking the hardest. Yeah. I mean, that's my, usually the case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my first reaction was going to be like a two zero loss, but kind of, Reevaluating, thinking about it, I'm actually going to go one-one draw. Oh, okay. Kev, what do you think? That's what I put up on the community post, so I'll stick with it. One-one. Um, my other potentially 
I'm putting my neck on the line here. Not really. It's just soccer. Um, I think it's going to be the same lineup. I don't think you, even though it's a short turnaround and there's not a lot of rest, I think with, with 10 days off between this game and the next, I think Lily probably views this game as a block of games that, okay, we just need to get through it and then we'll reassess what we're, what we're like on the other side of it. And so, yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if he, if he rolls out the same starting 11 um, as that he did against Miami. So wait, what was your pick Kev? One, one. You said one, one, Josh, what did you say? One, one. You said one, one. Oh man. Okay. Liz says two, one. Steve says two, one hounds. Um, I did not post my pick on the community page yet. I would. Oh, Steve put in a comment that just proves me wrong. That oh, makes me look bad. Bob directly <laughs> said there would yeah. be rotation in the post game. So yeah. Steve did not share that with us prior to this. Thank you, Steve, for attending the post game and not telling us that. Um, He's doing his job now. You know, you, we <laughs> encourage, correct us anytime we're wrong, please. Um, I am, I'm, I'm good. Well, knowing that now I'm going to say two, nothing. Uh, I think the hounds lose their first game and then lame. And then we, uh, we reassess from there. Shame. I'm trying, I got to make Dang, up some points, like, man. Oh. <laughs> I'm thinking like, this is, you know, okay. all signs. And, and, and I did not watch the entire game, uh, of Tulsa, um, versus Loudon, but the highlights that I saw, they looked sharp in the attack. Um, so we'll see what happens. So, that is what we think. Let us know what you think. Like we said, obviously, head over to the community page uh, on YouTube. Uh, add your add your predictions, whether you're a supporter or not. It's just fun to play. We'll, we'll throw your score up on the screen. You just won't win the tickets if you aren't a supporter. $10 a year. It's not hard. Um, gentlemen, anything else that, uh, that we should talk about in this one? I don't think so. The only thing, you know, highlights make showing me look like a world beater. So, you know. Don't worry about highlights. <laughs> Your hate, man. Just wait. We should like. I, I have nothing wrong against showing me. I think showing me is great. I just I don't want him to start. I think he's I think he's a great super sub. I don't know. <laughs> okay. We should see who finished the season with more combined assists and goals. Showing me or Etu? Why? You want to take that bet? Ooh. No, because Etu is a a box to box midfielder so he Granted, should ha- he's and he's more starting minutes. he's starting kev <laughs> yeah but like that, i don't know i'm trying to find an equivalent for like last year no think, so you're overthinking one. it showing sure. he's played less minutes and he already has an assist sure why not mike okay. i'll take it i'll take the bet why not if i win you've got to come up for two games next year I, well, I accepted it before you gave the conditions. So this is <laughs> Too late. I already accepted it. Too late. You're in. Okay. Great. Yeah. If I win, you have to do a hundred push-ups on a live podcast stream in front of everyone. <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't know how we would film that. I don't while like, hosting. No one, no one, yeah, while yeah. hosting. <laughs> Asking the no, questions. No one wants to see that. No, I don't speaking, know. speaking of, I uh, on your guys' recommendation, I watched Top Gun Maverick this weekend and enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. it was good. It, well, I mean, I don't think it was like best picture, but like it was fun. No, no, I don't think so either. It's just a fun popcorn flick. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It was better than the original for sure, in my opinion. So. 
Alrighty. I think that does it for this one. Um, hopefully, you know, the hounds get a win against Tulsa, even though I predicted otherwise. And, uh, and we have a good long 10 days to sort of kick back and relax. Regardless, we will be back at it next week to talk about that game. Um, I'm sure along with some other things, maybe we'll have some other people on with us to talk about it. So, uh, you know, Hopefully you enjoyed this one. Sounds like Hounsey was recording tonight as well. I think Dan mentioned like WrestleMania style grunge match with us going head to head. So go listen to Hounsey and get your fill of, uh, you know, Riverhounds talk on Tuesday. And uh, yeah, thanks everybody. We will talk to you very, very soon. Cheers. Later.